Hello and welcome to Marketing Speak. I'm your host, Stefan Spencer. And today I have Shaheen Cheyenne on the episode. And you may have already heard from Shaheen if you listen to my other podcast, The Optimized Geek. We talked about brain hacking and biohacking and just kind of optimizing performance. Now, in this episode on this podcast on Marketing Speak, we're going to talk about Amazon marketing, how to drive significant sales for your products through Amazon. You know, we'll talk about things like FBA fulfillment by Amazon. We'll talk about how to optimize product listings on Amazon, how to increase reviews and all sorts of stuff. But first, let me tell you a bit about Shaheen. If you haven't already heard of him or you haven't heard him speak on my previous episode on the Optimized Geek. So Shaheen is the CEO and chairman of Accelerated Intelligence, the brain nutrition startup. He is the inventor of Herbal Ecstasy, a smart drug that he invented back in his teens. He's an award-winning filmmaker. He had produced a documentary about the Aztecs and had a production company. He's a brain hacker, a biohacker, a serial entrepreneur, and just an all-around good guy. So it's great to have you again on another episode with me, uh, Shane. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Stefan. Great to be here. <laughs> It's awesome to have you. So uh, let's talk about Amazon and how did you even get into the Amazon space? Because you had all this neurotropics and biohacking type business, and yet you saw a huge opportunity to leverage Amazon.com. How did that evolve and what has that turned into for you? Okay, great. So, you know, I, I come from a product space. Uh, initially, I'm a product developer, an inventor, a formulator, uh, mostly in health and wellness. And I started my first company when I was 16. By the time I was 18, we had over 200 employees, offices in 30 countries, you know, products generating over $350 million a year in revenue. And I'm sure as you know, you know, with where usually there is one area that is hotter than all the other areas. And when I started, there really was no heavy activity on the internet. So if you wanted to sell a product, you really had to be in brick and mortar. So initially, my product sold on, uh, you know, in retail stores and brick and mortar, and we had to be in, we were in GNC and Walmart and uh, Urban Outfitters and, uh, uh, you know, even Tower Records and, and those kinds of stores. Was well, as, as you know, of course, the internet grew and, and developed. You know, in the in the mid to late nineties, for retail, um, you know, a channel opened up called eBay, which I'm sure you 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 guys are all intimately familiar with. And all of a sudden, everything gravitated over to that channel. It was the hot business. So if you wanted to sell something, you know, uh, in addition to having it, you know, on your own website and whatnot, you had to be on eBay. And then, you know, some years later, things shifted and eBay became, sadly, a dying channel. And things sort of moved back. And I, I know you're, you know, one of the, if not the leading experts on SEO to uh, things shifted to, hey, let's have everything on our own sites and we're going to uh, dominate and, and manipulate Google in a way where we're going to get all the traffic to our sites. Um, and Amazon was there sort of as a, you know, as a bookseller, but, you know, and they sold some other things, but there was really no gravity moving towards it. And sometime, you know, in, you know, I would say the last, you know, six, seven years, things started to change. Amazon changed its business model. Um, they opened up a lot to sellers. 
Um, so anybody could start selling on Amazon as opposed to just businesses and booksellers. And what, what happened there was that there was an influx of people who were selling on eBay, who were selling on all these other channels, who were saying, hey, this is a really cheap way to get traffic. Not only a cheap way to get traffic, but a very effective way because the trust element is there with Amazon. People recognize the name. People knew them. That's where I get my books. And uh, it's a very easy way to transact. Plus, when Amazon started their FBA arena, which, you know, their FBA offering, which basically means that they'll pick, pack, and ship it for you. You have to do nothing. You ship it once to Amazon at a steeply discounted rate, and they're going to take care of all the fulfillment for you, which is something eBay never did. Uh, it changed the game. And now you had hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of sellers gravitating towards Amazon and making offers um, on products and in a way that uh, had never been done before. So all the uh, gravity moved from, from uh, eBay uh, and you know some other little channels uh, over to, to Amazon. So about, I would say, five or six years ago, we noticed this happening and we decided that that was going to be uh, the biggest channel. So we started putting our products on there and started thinking about uh, how do we optimize sales on Amazon? And that's, that's how we, we came to uh, basically where we're at now, where we have close to about 200 different SKUs that we offer on Amazon. Uh, plus, we have our service company where we take products and we accelerate them and get them to the, the top page and bestseller uh, on Amazon. Right. So you have a company now that helps other companies get to the top of the Amazon food chain and bestseller rank or the BSR. We should talk about BSR a little bit here too. And to get high rankings within Amazon search results and just optimize the whole process because you've got so good at it yourselves that uh, you wanted to share that with other companies. And do you charge on a performance basis or do you charge on a flat fee basis? How does that work? At the moment, uh, we ha actually have way more interest in our service than we have bandwidth to, to handle, sadly. Um, so we generally charge a fee. Um, we are probably the most expensive out there. Um, and I'd say we're probably in the top 3% uh, of service providers doing what we do on Amazon. We usually handle uh, mid-sized businesses or startups that have uh, passed their first round of, of funding that are probably past the seed round of funding. And we do everything from helping them brand and position their products on Amazon, which is very different if you're creating a product to sell and rank on Amazon is very different than if you're creating a product to sell and rank in brick and mortar. Two totally different things. Even I would say if you're creating a product because you want it to rank on Google and if you want it to rank on Amazon, very different. So we consult from conceptualization all the way up until, okay, so my product is a, is a bestseller. I'm selling a thousand units a day and we have clients that sell thousands of units of just one SKU a day. Um, how I get that to 10,000 a day or how we can increase that on Amazon. And then beyond that, how do we take those people who are purchasing products on Amazon and how do we capitalize 
on those customers. Because of course, the, the big downside of Amazon, uh, unlike uh, selling on your own website or even you know eBay or, or one of those, those sites, is that with Amazon, those are really not your customers. Those are Amazon's customers. And so what we had, have developed systems to do is how to encourage those customers to come back to us and to our clients and to become our, part of our tribe and part of our community of products um, uh, as opposed to solely being Amazon uh, customers. I know Amazon isn't going to like me saying that because Amazon spends a lot of money uh, marketing and acquiring those customers and they want to own them. That's why they don't give you their emails. Right. So you need to build that list, even though these folks are Amazon customers, they need to be on your list as well. So what would be some strategies to get folks buying the product from you to now be on your email list? Or perhaps they haven't even decided to buy your product yet and you want them on your email list? No, that's an excellent question. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different strategies. We've got some proprietary techniques that we use that, of course, I can't, you know, go over on, on the podcast, but we do for our clients. But, you know, some very simple things that, that you can do is include uh, a letter or a note or a postcard in with the product that you sell and offer them an extended warranty, for example. Uh, an extended warranty is great, A, because you're offering an added level of service to the client, and you can do this on anything. We do it on supplements, we do it on home goods, but you can even do it on uh, things like DVDs or books or anything like that. Um, offer a money-back guarantee, which first and foremost, on Amazon, everything has a money-back guarantee if you like it or not. So no matter what you do, Amazon will take anything back in 30 days for any reason. Even if the policy stated is different, uh, if the customer calls Amazon and says, hey, I'm unhappy with this, Amazon's default is we're very sorry, sir, here's your money. And sometimes they even let them keep the product. That is not an uncommon thing. So if you know that that's going to happen, you might as well help promote it and try to capture that customer in the, in, in the meanwhile. So we put a, a, a note in there, for example, saying, hey, register, register your warranty or your, your, your money back guarantee. You know, we're going to extend the 30 day one to 90 days. And what we do is once we tell them to, uh, to do that, people will register. And now you have their email and you can put them through your sales funnel and offer them other things. Contact them a week later and say, hey, thanks so much for registering your warranty because you're such a good dude and you did that. Get half off your next order. And this helps us propel sales and it increases sales because it, uh, the more you sell, the higher in the ranking you get on Amazon. And at the same time, you're, you're, you're capturing these customers and you're creating a dialogue with them and a conversation. And so you're engaging them. Which is, which is, as I'm sure you know, is very important through traditional uh, marketing, but even more important through Amazon. Because if all they're interacting with is Amazon, they don't know you or your brand. You become a commodity. And as we all know, commodities are very easily replaceable online. But if you become a brand and you have brand loyalty and you have engagement, and, and that's one of the, the areas that we focus on with our clients, that if you, if you have that, now you're in a position of power. Yeah, definitely create your own brand if you don't already have one and differentiate yourself. But also, what do you think about somebody driving their customers that they're acquiring through Amazon to their own platform, so their own e-commerce site? Is that a good approach or should you try and keep them buying on Amazon and writing reviews on your Amazon products? 
So there's two different thoughts to that. That's, that's a really good question. The first thought is that, yeah, we're going to make more money. Amazon on the average takes 25%, right? So we've averaged, you know, hundreds, thousands of products that we've done. And on the average, including FBA, including all your costs, you get to keep about 75%, right? If you have a, a healthy margin, you get to keep about 75%. Right? That there's, there are exceptions. If you have heavy food products, liquids, those kinds of things, the margins go down to, to way lower. But on the average, we do a uh, buy, it for, buy it for five, sell it for 25 type thing at retail. And so you've got you know five time markup from cost to, to retail. You usually keep about 75% of that. So that's, that's really a, a good... Uh, good way to, you know, good way, good way to think about this. Um, so moving, moving forward from, from there, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really important that, uh, you know, that you have your, your A, your, your fundamentals, right. And then once you do, the answer to your question is yes. And so let's say somebody is not already selling on Amazon. Would you recommend that person source some products out of China and get some trial samples? Then, you know, after it checks out, order a small quantity and have it shipped directly to Amazon, you know, an FBA uh, setup. So fulfillment by Amazon and, and just try to iterate and improve and build up their Amazon business or do you think that they're a little late in the game at this point to start seizing this opportunity? Yeah. So the answer to that question is, you know, there, there's, I'm, I'm sure for your listeners, there's a lot of different ways to sell on Amazon. There's guys that go to book sales, literally, they go to like library, church book sales, they buy trunk loads of books and they put them on Amazon and, you know, they make, they make some money. That's one business. Other people, some people even do arbitrage. They, they do the, the difference in price between what you can buy it for on sale at a local store and what it sells for on Amazon. For example, one guy found out, I, I was reading about this guy, he found out that, uh, you know, the single packs of Tynanol at, you know, one of the big stores, Target, Walmart, whatever, were on sale for 49 cents. But on Amazon, they were selling for $4.99. So he went to, you know, the, one of the Targets or whatever stores bought them for 49 cents, bought, you know, a thousand of them and then sold them on Amazon for five bucks. And, you know, that, that was his business model. And now he continues to do that. He just looks for those sales and special coupons and he buys that to us. That's, you know, a, a very slow way of making, making money, right? You can, you can make a good living. You can probably make more than a lot of jobs, right? It's not hard to make a couple hundred bucks a day doing that in, in pure profit. Uh, but it entails a lot of work and, the bottleneck is your supply line. So the, the final option is that you could go on Alibaba, source a product, and uh, you know, or source a few products, buy them in small quantities, sell them on Amazon, and you could sell them on other people's listings. Uh, and what that means is there's a lot of listings on Amazon that are just generic listings. And on those generic listings, anybody can come and, and list pretty much anything. So you go on the generic listings, you list, uh, you know, any, anything and everything, uh, and you can make a, make a sale, even though you don't own the listing. 
The problem with that is then that becomes sort of, again, you're commoditizing things or you're selling things that are commoditized and you have no ownership of it. So although it, it could be very easy for you to make one, two, three, four hundred dollars a day, a lot of people do that and it's better than a regular job, it's still not a, a sustained long-term model. Well, what our clients do and what we encourage people to do and what I mentor people to do is developing a brand and a product that really has value, where the value in that product is is inherent. And what you do is you create your own brand, you create your own value proposition, and you own that listing. We register you with brand registry, which is something that everybody should do. When you have a brand, you can register it with Amazon under their brand registry. And that way, if anybody tries to sell under your listing a different product, you can you can go to Amazon and they'll take them down pretty quickly. Um, and so you develop your own brand. You do a, a private label brand. And it's very easy to do through Alibaba. It's very easy to do. There's tons of vendors here in the U.S. that do it, which I, I'm, I, I often prefer to deal with domestic uh, U.S. vendors if, if we can, uh, just because of the lead times, even if we have to pay a little bit more. And uh, now you own that listing and you own that brand. And you can start thinking about different ways, even outside of Amazon, to sell that product. And so now you've shifted from having a job to having a business. And that's where you want to be if you're doing Amazon. Right. So a couple of distinctions for folks that are not really that familiar with Amazon and how it works. So with a generic product, you could be one of the sellers who's competing to sell that product, but only one of those sellers gets to control the buy button. Right. And that buy button is golden. If I am the one who is the seller that gets the sale, if somebody just clicks the buy button, then I'm going to get the vast, vast majority of the of the sales. Whereas if I'm number two, somebody would have to find me in the list and and choose me separately. Uh, so that's an important distinction. There's also this thing called BSR, which is bestseller rank, and that comes into play. There's a whole algorithm for Amazon and to figure out who should be the one in the buy box. But what you're suggesting also is that if you have your own products, your own brand. And that's a great tip to register with the brand registry. If you have your own brand, your own formulation of that product, whatever it is, and uh, somebody comes along and tries to sell under that brand, they are going to get smacked by Amazon because you've got that, that protection. So anything else that we should mention about the BSR that are important ingredients yeah, I think you called it really well. So the three most important things, if we had to say it in Amazon, um, is going to be, well, I don't know if it's three, but I'll, I'll start, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the most important things are going to be listing quality, your photos, your listing title, your listing description and whatnot. Number one, and there's a whole art to doing that. And there's people that do that for a living, but you can learn to do it fairly easily. Uh, the second second component of it is reviews. Amazon is a uh, business that's based on social proof and its reviews. I even though I've been in this business for endless years and and do this for customers on a regular basis, I still constantly look at reviews. And oftentimes, the, I I the purchases that I make on eBay are strictly review based. I'll go buy. I just bought something for my two year old, and I, I clicked on the listing. I looked at the reviews, I clicked the buy button. 
Because our lives are busy and we don't have so much time. And the easiest way is social proof. The third thing is sales and ranking. And there's ways to optimize your sales and your rankings. But with Amazon, it's a bit of a catch-22. Because to get that bestseller banner, which I'm sure you guys have seen, number one bestseller, you've got to be selling more than everybody else in that specific category. But in order to get up there, you got to have the sales. And to get the sales, you kind of have to be up there. Because the number one bestseller always sells uh, multiples of what all the other ones under it sells. And therein lies the art, and that's why people, you know, would retain a firm like us or, you know, a professional SEO like yourself, because there is there is a whole art in how that's done. And that's something that's, you know, that we've perfected. So to answer your question, if somebody wants to get involved, absolutely do anything. So this is the first thing you're absolutely right, Stefan, that I that I tell people this all the time. If you can't win if you don't play. And, you know, you, you're not going to win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. Although I'm big, uh, big against not playing the lottery for anybody. But with that said, when it comes to Amazon, try it. You know, open up a seller account. doesn't cost much. Open up a fulfillment by Amazon account. Pick something and start selling it. It doesn't matter if, if you do great with it, if you make money, if you don't make money with it. The, the idea is get in there and try to understand how it works. And get in there as a buyer, get in there as a seller, and really try to wrap your, your mind around their system. And once you do that, then you can go into, okay, now how am I going to optimize? So how would somebody start sourcing their first product? You mentioned Alibaba, you mentioned the HQTDC. There are a lot of products on those sites to choose from with varying margins and varying levels of quality. And uh, perhaps the product that they're going to choose, it's oversaturated or on Amazon and they just don't stand a chance in breaking into all that noise. So how would somebody who doesn't really know the inner workings of all this pick a good product to start? Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's really easy. So I think what you do is you do a lot of research and there's a lot of great tools on online for researching. One of them is uh, Camel, 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 just camels three times over, uh, which is an online tool that helps you research uh, historical prices on, on Amazon. There's a bunch of other research tools online that you can, that you can look at. So the first, first thing is finding, finding a few products so you can narrow it down, maybe narrow it down to four or five, and then research them. You research their seller ranking. Usually what, you know, good thing to look for if that's the, the way you want to go with it, a good thing to look for is something, and there's a lot of this stuff on Amazon, products that have some demand for them, but that the listing isn't great, the listing quality isn't great, the price might not be great. What you want to do is you want to look for vulnerabilities. Oftentimes, Chinese companies sell their own products, uh, like actually the manufacturer will sell it on, on Amazon. But maybe their command of English isn't that great. Their brand isn't that good. You know, the reviews aren't great. And so these are all areas that you can perfect. And coming in with a great looking brand and a great looking product with a great looking listing that's optimized um, and possibly adding extra value, which is something we encourage all our clients to do, um, which you can do by bundling. Sometimes, you know, there's a product in, in China that only costs 50 cents 
that you can sell for 10 bucks or 20 bucks. So everyone else is selling one for 20 bucks, maybe because they're greedy. So you make your own brand, you sell four for 20 bucks. And not only that, you include a free carrying case, which costs you an extra 20 cents. So now all of a sudden, you're bringing value into the, 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 the equation here. Plus, you're optimizing your listing. You, con- you reach out to Amazon's top reviewers. You, know, you do your research and you find the best reviewers and you contact them and you say, hey, would you like to review my product? Can I send you a free copy of my product or a free uh, you know, sample of my product in exchange for your honest review? And so you use that and other systems to build really strong reviews for your products and you can beat out these other companies because you're beating them on value, you're beating them on brand, and you're beating them on you're beating them on product altogether. Right. So you mentioned bundling. This is a really important strategy. Let's say that there's a really popular product on Amazon and you want to kind of get in there, but you don't really have much differentiation. Right, you're a new player and you don't have a separate brand or anything like that. It's a product and a brand that is just popular on its own. And there are a lot of sellers out there. But by bundling with something else that uh, is a value add or by bundling multiple of these things together, right? So you might see that there's a, a lot of competition just for a one-off of that product. But if you make a five-pack of that thing, and, and create a separate product for that, there'd be potentially a lot less competition and you could sell, you could break into that space that way. So what else would be an important thing to consider in terms of bundling? So in terms of bundling, um, you know, again, you want to see things that might bring uh, very high value to the consumer, um, but maybe not, not cost you a lot more. We've even done things where Amazon doesn't like this, but we've included a free ebook or electronic book. I mean, they don't like you including anything that they don't ship um, or that you don't ship. So, you know, sometimes you can put it on a CD or on a cheap flash drive and include it with what you're doing and then on your listing, put a big picture of a book or a picture of a CD. So it looks like, you know, for example, if you're selling a diet pill, maybe you include a ebook that or an audio program that's how you lose weight and... 20 steps or less or 30 days to less weight. And there's very easy ways to do that, low-cost ways to do it that brings value to the customers, that puts you ahead of the competition, and at the same time, it doesn't cost you that much. So you're bringing a lot of value to the equation. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, just give them value. Like, you know, a lot of these things don't cost that much. And if you're initially willing to take a little bit less to get the sales, the reviews, and the rankings... You know, if you're willing to take little or no profit, let's say for the first 90 days, and you get up there and you beat everybody out, then you can increase your price. And it's it's really interesting, um, Stefan, because what we've what we've seen is that price is really not the only determining factor on Amazon. So sometimes we have a product that's selling for 19.95, and we're selling it all day long. Let's say we're selling a couple hundred units a day. Um, for, you know, say a supplement product. And as a test, we've done it where we've increased the price to $25 from $19.95 with a zero effect. And then later increased it to $39.99 and actually had more sales at $39.99 than $19.95. And we found that the reason for that is perceived value. 
people think, oh, this costs double what the other stuff in the market is, so it must be better. Got it. So let's talk a bit more about reviews. And I found it really interesting, the stat that you shared recently at your presentation at Metal, and one in 200 folks who buy the product leave a review. That's that's not a lot. It's actually maybe more than I would have guessed if you had asked me to make a guess, but it's hard to scale to get to hundreds or even a thousand reviews. You'd have to sell a heck of a lot of product to get that. So what are some ways to circumvent that natural progression and just crank really hard on getting reviews? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways um, of getting reviews, right? So one of the things I tell people all the time, and again, Amazon doesn't want to hear this, but the whole review system is rigged. You have three different types of people on Amazon. You got white hat people, which just basically do pure terms of, in line with the terms of service. They do nothing further that's against the terms of service of Amazon. They're always reading the terms of service and following it to the letter. Then you have black hat people. These are oftentimes uh, Russian, Ukrainian, Chinese, Bangladeshi hackers uh, who have figured out how to manipulate Amazon's algorithm and basically are not products people. They know nothing or little about products, but they are masters at manipulating it any way that they can. And they use you know, what we call crash and burn techniques because it's fast. It might bring a fast bolts of sales to them. They make their money and then quickly they get shut down, but it doesn't matter because they're already up on another, on another account. And it's a very sort of risky way to do business. And Amazon really has been cracking down on that more and more. The, the third type are gray hat people. And I kind of like to think that pretty much everybody who's doing well on Amazon falls in that category. Because you, unless you've got millions of dollars and you're, you know, a huge brand and you can afford to pay for tons of advertising and actually are driving traffic to Amazon, uh, or you have something that nobody else has, it's really difficult to, to get to the top on Amazon because you're competing with other black hat and gray hat people. Now, gray hat can be somebody who uh, perhaps isn't just getting uh, reviews organically, which, as we discussed, we believe from our research to be half a percent. Uh, most researchers now are saying between one to two percent, but I don't know anybody who gets one to two percent organic reviews. Um, so the way you get reviews is very simple. Um, there are companies, uh, one, for example, Trust Review Network, um, Fair uh, Disclosure. Um, I am affiliated with that company. But um, it's trustreviewnetwork.com, and uh, it is a review site where people can go on there, sign up, and receive free products in exchange for your honest review. Now, that doesn't violate Amazon's terms of service. Um, the reviewers do get the products in advance of leaving the reviews. They actually do get the products. And once they get them, they have an opportunity to leave a good review, a bad review, uh, or no review at all. Um, if they do leave no review at all, they just no longer get products from our network or other affiliated networks. Um, and there are other companies out there that do that. There are, there are risks associated with that, um, particularly if you have a product that uh, the consumer doesn't love. These guys aren't required to leave great reviews for you. So, you know, if you haven't 
dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's, you could get a bunch of bad reviews. But generally speaking, um, it's a really great way to get great reviews for your products. Um, and it's, it's kind of the way it's done. Another way that it's done, like what I said earlier, is include some kind of card to capture their information and then contact them. Shoot them an email, send them a postcard, whatever you have to do to the consumer and say, hey, thanks for buying product A. If you'd like to try product B, we'd be happy to send you a free you know, sample of it in exchange for your honest review. Now, that's fully in line with Amazon's terms of service. The reason why I would say it's gray hat and not white hat is because they don't like to think that people are doing that. Amazon likes to think that everybody who's reviewing on Amazon, which I, I now believe is probably one of the biggest blog networks in the world, because every time somebody leaves a review, Amazon owns that content. And there is so much review content, original content written daily on Amazon. I don't know any blog network that exceeds them. But if you, if, if you do that, that's another great way of getting reviews. And, you know, uh, that's, that's really, you know, I think two of, the, two of the strongest ways. There are other ways of getting them, um, you know, but that's really two of the strongest ways of getting reviews. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a fair, it's a clean way of doing it. And uh, it works well for most people. Mm -hmm. And what if somebody wants to create their own, uh, let's say, community, Facebook group or whatever, and offer almost free product through that? So they're maybe not going to go with a third-party network such as Trust Review Network. They're going to build their own community and give free product away to that community. And perhaps they're not previous customers of you. They're just people who like free pro or almost free product. It has to be almost free and not completely free because they have to be a verified buyer through Amazon in order for that review to really count, correct? Uh, not necessarily. You can actually get product for free. Amazon counts it based on the retail price, not on the discounted price. So you can issue coupons to people for 100% off, and those people could still leave verified reviews. Uh, but it, they do stick, seem to stick better lately if the person has paid something. So you're, you're correct in your assumption that Amazon does like to see them pay something for it if they can. But the reviews still do stick, even if they, if they, if, if they don't uh, pay anything for it. Um, so that, that's another way of doing it, uh, and it's a more cost, costly way of doing it, but you're acquiring the reviewers as well. So you can set up, uh, you know, what some people do is they set up a, a lead page, and you can run Facebook ads to that lead page. So let's say, for example, you are selling a lemon squeezer, and you go on Facebook and you say, hey, I'm going to contact the Citrus Lovers Association members of America or Citrus Lovers of America. And you find those, you set up a page that says, I love lemons. And you have, you buy uh, Facebook ads, driving traffic to that page. If you like lemons, click here. So the citrus lovers love lemons. They click on your page and now you have uh, a group on a dedicated Facebook page of people who you know love lemons. And you can go on that page and say, hey, for today only, we're offering um, Stefan's Lemon Squeezer for 50 cents and it's a $10 item. Use this coupon code um, in exchange for your honest review. And so they click on the link, takes them to a lead page. Of course, you capture their email and then they get emailed a coupon code where they can buy the product in exchange for their honest review. Mm -hmm. 
And but if you say uh, leave a five star review, then you're in violation of Amazon's terms of service. Right. Yeah. You 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 can't say leave a five star review, but you can say in exchange for your honest review. What if somebody didn't buy the product from you and leaves a review? So I have three different books that have been published through O'Reilly, and let's say that they bought the book from the O'Reilly dot com site, but then they go onto Amazon to leave a review. It's very possible still for people to go on there and leave a review. Amazon is frowning on that more and more now. They love the free content. They love people to go on there and write the reviews. But the problem with that is a lot of people gamed that system and they utilized fake accounts to leave reviews. Like I'm sure you've heard about a lot of the authors that did that and got busted by Amazon. There's one famous one who um, basically hired some guys to create like 5,000 fake accounts and every day they would leave like a few hundred reviews and he shot up to first bestseller and then Amazon found out and they like tore his books off Amazon. So now they've kind of figured it out and they have an algorithm where they know if the accounts are real or they're not, or they can tell with a pretty good amount of certainty. Um, But people still can do that. It's just even rarer. Right, because if I'm going to go and buy your amazing SEO book from, let's say, O'Reilly or Barnes and Nobles or um, wherever I can buy The Art of SEO, which, by the way, is an awesome book. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have it in the office and, and we utilize it all the time. Um, but you know, if I if I'm buying that from a store, for me to, you know, regardless of how much I love your SEO book. For me to actually take the time and go online, log on to Amazon, find the listing, leave a review. I mean, it's so unlikely that, I mean, if I was, if I was consulting Amazon, um, I could tell them that probably with 90 something percent of certainty, they could think that if someone's doing that, that it's likely not a, uh, not a legitimate review, but rather somebody who's trying to game their system. Um, more likely the reviews on Amazon are going to be from people who bought it. Sometimes, though, you know, people will buy a product on Amazon or they'll buy it from, you know, their wife's account and then they'll go on their own account and they'll leave a review and it won't show up as a verified review. That kind of thing happens um, from time to time. It's not, it's not often, but it happens time to time. So that's a legitimate reason for an unverified review. But, you know, I think the average person maybe gives, I'd say, 30 to 40% more weight to a verified review than an unverified review. I don't think the average person, if it's a really well-written review and a person is reading it, um, I think the fact that it says verified review or unverified review, um, for the majority of people, I don't think it's going to take that much weight. But now more and more what we're seeing is 90, you know, 95% plus of the reviews on Amazon are verified. Yep. So if I participate in this network or if I get my own network going of people who get free or almost free products in exchange for writing a review, what are the disclosure requirements? Because somebody would presumably have to write that they got this product for free or almost free in exchange for writing the review. Yeah, just it's it's really easy. When they uh, leave their review at the end of it, they just have to write, "I left this review in exchange for my honest." Uh, 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 I got this product for free in exchange for my honest review. There's a there's language that Amazon wants you to write, and it's right there in their terms of service. Mm-hmm. And so, most most reviewers now know that they just cut and paste that. If you join a network like TrustReviewNetwork.com or any of the other review networks, and there's a couple other good ones out there. Um, 
you know, if you join them, they'll tell you as sort of part of their terms of service that if you are getting products for free or cheap and leave in exchange for your reviews, you have to at the end of your review, right? I, you know, I did this in exchange for my honest review. And one thing you pointed out that I thought was really interesting during your presentation, you asked the attendees, what about this particular product listing makes it look like it's been uh, engineered in terms of its reviews? It's kind of unnatural. And the thing that was most striking was the top critical review wasn't critical at all. It started with a bunch of pros and then it uh, followed with some cons. And, And I don't know if, you know, after you hit the link to show the full review it perhaps said at the very bottom i got this product for cheap in exchange for the review and then there were a ton of people who said this was a helpful uh, review so that helped it bubble up to the top and become a top critical review it's genius it sounds gray hat to me but is that a, a pretty typical tactic yeah it's you know it's reputation management right so on amazon you know, you've got competitors who will vote up or vote down their competitors' reviews. And so if you're a seller on Amazon and you're familiar with selling on Amazon, you need to control your real estate and you need to make sure that, you know, your best reviews are there for people to see, like putting your best foot forward. Um, You're right. It is gray hat. Amazon definitely doesn't like that. But, you know, you, 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 I put it to you this way, that most people who are on networks like ours like to encourage their bloggers and reviewers to vote up positive reviews to be able to maintain that top real estate. Yep. And, and there was one other thing that I found really interesting in your presentation that you said, uh, you asked people to guess what the top conversion factor was in in driving sales on an Amazon listing. And it wasn't reviews, surprisingly. Do you want to share with our listeners what that is? Yeah, funny enough, uh, what what I was saying is that the top conversion factor is having somebody like Oprah or Dr. Oz promote your product. That's the best way. And if they do it indirectly, that's even better. So if they say, hey, get, you know, uh, the uh, SEO book, with the green book cover and the bird on it. We're not, we're not, we're not, you know, promoting any product here, but you know, the, the green SEO books with birds on it tend to be better for everybody. So please go ahead and get those. And you know, it's ironic is that now the cover is orange (laughs) with the third edition. Oh no. What's on, what's on the third edition? Well, it's still the bird, the hummingbird, but uh, it's, it's all orange instead of green. So the first two editions, I guess green is, is passe now. We want to be uh, the new uh, latest color. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Well then, so that's what, that's what Oprah or Dr. Oz would be, uh, you know, suggesting to their clients for no specific reason, of course. Right, right, right. So having, having celebrity uh, behind your product is, the, the best, most surefire way because, of course, they have the loudest loudspeaker. So if you have the loudest loudspeaker in marketing, it doesn't matter how much SEO you do. It doesn't, like, none of that stuff. One Oprah or Dr. Oz can take out any marketer because those guys are on the top of the hill 
with the loudest loudspeaker and they can reach the most amount of people. And the rest of us are holding our hands over our mouths, trying to yell with our Mickey Mouse voices and trying all different kinds of techniques to make our voices carry. But these guys are at the top of the mountain with the loudspeaker. That's really what you want. So how would somebody who wants to kind of upskill or get better in this Amazon game, where would they go? Is there a book that you'd recommend or a training program, a, a, a video-based course? I know that there's like a, a course from amazing.com, or at least there was. I don't know if they still offer it. Ecom Masters has a course. Where would somebody go to learn more about this fascinating world. I'm going to continue a blog on my website. So if you want to sign up for my newsletter, letter, it's shaheenshayen.com spelled S-H-A-A-H-I-N-C-H-E-Y-E-N-E.com. And I'll have resources and tools up there. Uh, what I what I recommend to people, again, you know, you got great resources on Amazon alone. If you're starting out, go on Amazon, open up a seller account and just do it. Just do it. Just start selling on there. Sell anything. Sell everything. You know, doesn't matter. And and that, that's the best way where you can learn, right? Because you know we can we can read a book about how to surf, right? And we can see the pictures of the waves and the way the board fits or whatever. But when we get out there on the ocean, it's a very different story. So no matter how many books or websites or videos you learn on how to surf, you got to get out there and do it. So the number one thing for people to do is to take the initiative, get out there, open up an Amazon account and start selling. Start selling anything. And, and you're right. The best way to do it is start selling somebody else's product. Start selling something that you won't cost you a lot of money that you can sell very easily. Now, if you want to, you know, learn about it, you know, come on to my blog, sign up, and I will be posting uh, monthly uh, newsletters on that. Other great resources online. Um, the Amazing Seller is pretty good. Uh, I like Ryan uh, Ryan's uh, Freedom Fast Lane. He talks a lot about Amazon and Amazon selling techniques. But again, at the end of the day. You know, there's no magic bullet. Um, you got to learn. And the people who have the information, who are really making the money, don't give it away for free. Um, and they're not going to give away their best, best tricks and, and secrets. And you know what? You don't really want them to. You want to learn how to do it on your own and have your own tips and tricks of, of how you do it. But it's a humongous market. It's, it's gigantic and it's growing and I don't think Amazon's going anywhere for the, for the foreseeable future and I think you can only win by getting involved now. Yeah, yeah I would definitely agree with that. All right. Awesome. And then if somebody wanted to hire you or your company to optimize what they're doing on Amazon, I know you're only taking on select clients and you get a lot more demand than you have supply with your guys' time. But uh, let, let's say somebody has the funds to be able to afford you. How would they contact you? Great. Yeah. Just reach out to me. My email is ai at xlrl.net, like alpha india at Xerox Larry Radio Larry dot net, or go on to our website, which is xlrl.net. 
Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Shaheen. This was a great episode. And I'm sure that folks who are interested in Amazon are going to get a lot of value out of it. Listeners, if you could go to the Marketing Speak website and download the transcript and the checklist to come with this episode, that would be, I think, a good next step for you. And also, of course, uh, check out the show notes, which will have links to the different resources and uh, tools and so forth that we had recommended or mentioned in this episode. So again, thank you, Shaheen. Thanks, listeners. And this is Stefan Spencer signing off. Catch you on the next episode.